Well, I've got a, an interesting story here. There's four men in the hospital waiting there in the waiting room, waiting for their children to be born. Their wives are having babies. They don't know what they're having or how many or whatever. And the nurse goes up to the first man. There's four of them. And she says, congratulations, you're the father of twins. And he says, well, that's odd. I work for the Minnesota Twins. And so he celebrates and he's happy. And the nurse comes to the second guy and says, congratulations, you're the father of triplets. And he says, that's weird. I work for 3M. And so she comes up to the third guy eventually and says, congratulations, you're the father of four children. And he says, wow, that's amazing. I work for the Four Seasons Hotel. And so the last man is groaning and he's banging his head against the wall and the other men say, well, what's wrong? What's going on? And he says, I work for 7-Up. <laughs> Not every man is a father and some don't really want to be fathers. And there's, it's, it's kind of sad that we live in a day when there's a lot of negative images of dads and there's a lot of problems with, with a lack of fatherhood in homes. And, and sometimes that's because the... You know, dads have, or people have seen results of other fathers or their own dads and they had bad relationships or bad experience and so they, they are afraid of fatherhood. They don't want to get involved with that. A lot of men in our culture are, who are, who are fathers have walked away from their responsibility, have abandoned their family, abandoned their children and, and they don't want anything to do with it. And, and one of, and I, if you look at statistics, at cultural statistics, social statistics, it's, it shows that one of the major problems with the moral di- the reason that we have such a moral decay in our society is the absence of the father in the home. That that's a major, that missing dads from the household is a major influence on our nation's moral decline. And that's not just a, an opinion, that's a statistic. People have done studies on this. And we have a terrible problem with families that, that have they've either broken apart or not even come together in the first place. And that includes people who claim to be Christians, churchgoers. The CDC, the Center for Disease Control, um, says that only 0.68% of people of the population even bothers to get married. So that's, that's 6.8 people per thousand that even want to bother with marriage. And half of those, over half of those, end up divorced. And so you can see how the, the family is really falling apart in our nation, in our culture. That's sad. The, it's, it's, it's sad to think that the homosexuals want to get married and the heterosexuals are ending, like they don't want to bother with it. And, and apparently, you know, it's those who marry, divorce, and those who divorce and get remarried have an even higher rate of divorce. I mean, it's, it's broken families all over our country. And I know probably just about everyone in here has been affected by that in some way. Either you're part of that kind of family or you know somebody who's in, in your family or, or a connection, friend sort of thing. It's, it's just affected our entire nation. So fatherhood in our culture has lost a lot of what it should be. It's lost a lot of the honor that it ought to have. It should be a role of dignity, of respect, of courage. But many people have, because so many people have abandoned their position to serve themselves. A lot of fathers who have walked away or who have chosen, I don't want to get involved. And the, Rather than commit to making a better future by raising the next generation of our society with discipline and godliness, they just kind of give up or they, they don't get started in the first place because they're afraid, because they don't, they don't want to take that responsibility. And the media doesn't help much. You know, if, it's, it's, if you watch 
sitcoms or TV shows, so many of the dads are buffoons. They're total idiots on TV. They, they're, they're afraid to get involved. They don't want to engage. They, they don't have any answers. They're just clueless morons, which is kind of a sad representation. And, I mean, you think about shows like um, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette that paint such, they totally degrade marriage and they totally degrade manhood and womanhood, too. But I'm talking about fatherhood today. So, um, but it's a, it's a televised circus on TV. There's, it's an exploitation of people. It's immorality and greed and all that kind of stuff that goes on in our media in so many different ways. Our, our movie and TV male role models are often crude or vulgar or violent or stupid or all of the above. And, 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 and they're ruled by their flesh or they're complete psychopaths. What was that huge hit show, The Breaking Bad? A massive national success as a TV show. And the dad on that show, the main character was a father who made breaking the law and promoting a drug culture look like a good thing to do. And, and, but when it came down to it, he was just a murderer and a thief and a liar, but the nation loved it. And it's sad that that's the kind of picture that people run to. So, the, so all the kids who don't have a decent role model at home, and that's a lot of them these days, they're learning manhood from this kind of media. They're learning fatherhood and, and their male role from video games and YouTube and pop culture icons that are just leading them down a, a destructive path. And, the, and the, I mean, these people are about as lawless as the characters they portray on TV in real life. That's the, they're almost the same way. So I thought with all the bad examples that there are out there, that we could fight against this identity crisis, this problem that, that boys and young men are being raised up with, with not knowing who they are or what they're supposed to do or having a real a charge and a, and a mission as, a, as growing up in to be a man that, that we're missing out on that. I thought we could fight against that this morning with some good examples. And I got a couple of clips. I'll show you one to start off with, but this, was, this kind of was a tickling one. But it it's a nice, paints a nice picture of fatherhood. So we'll start with this before I go on. So fatherhood's not always an easy job, but it's a good one. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of people these days are scared of it, of fatherhood, because there are so many bad examples out there. But there are some good examples out there too. So we shouldn't lose hope. The, the proper role of a father needs to be passed down. And if, you're, if your father doesn't pass it down to you, you're going to have a hard time doing what you're called to and passing it down to you. And so that we're missing that link and the chain's been broken. And so a lot of the young men of today wind up frozen and by you know and sometimes it's their own fault sometimes it's selfishness or a lack of commitment and fear but the truth is we all regardless of what our fathers have been like we all have the perfect example of a father that we can turn to and and for anybody who wants to they can have full access to that father 24 hours a day 7 days a week a heart to heart connection where the greatest father that has ever been can speak to our hearts any time of day or night to help us. And God promises to help us as we fight the good fight. You've all heard the Proverbs 22 too that says, train a child in the way he should go and when he was old, he will not turn from it. And that's a promise from God that you commit yourself, you stick to it. And, and, and I think it, it helps to have a, a good picture. Real manhood is not what the, what the culture teaches. Real manhood is not power, it's not possessions. It's not promiscuity, which is a lot of what the media says. It, it, the, and so it's, it's the best people to spread some truth 
to a, a failing society and help turn the society around our fathers. Because fathers are meant to be teachers. They're meant to be leaders. They're meant to, dads are given an amazing opportunity to be role models for God. To stand up and, and serve under the Father and be a model of our Heavenly Father for our earthly kids and, and to, to be servant leaders. We're to follow after Jesus and to be leaders who serve their families and, and to make a real impact on the world around them, not just by what they say, but by what they teach as they do what they do. To live out the lives that their progeny should pick up. And, and to teach by what, not just what they say, but, but how they live. We'll play the second video. Now, Rick, could you get what was going on in that? There are some good examples out there, and hopefully you've seen some. I don't want to make it sound like nobody out there is doing it right. There's a, a, I'm sure in our own dads you've seen good and bad examples. And my dad, he wasn't always perfect, but he, he certainly tried. He was in the Navy, which meant that he was on deployment for six months at a time which he had no control over. He had to do what his job told him to do, but it also hurt our relationship. So my dad and I grew up, or I grew up, with a not a very good connection with my dad. And I knew, <laughs> probably most of you knew, exactly how to push your parents' buttons. Just right where you could hit them to set them over the edge. And I knew how to get my dad. And so when he would come home, I knew where to push him to, to, to show him my discontent. And it... it it hurt us, and so we spent a lot of time with, with some trouble between us, but God can reconcile that kind of stuff. God can heal those kinds of things, and today my dad and I have a great relationship. We've, we've asked for forgiveness from each other, and, and, and God has healed everything that ever hurt between us, and I've got, now I can look back and I can see all the good things and see that God used both the, the bad examples and the good examples to teach me and to help me to become the man I am today. And so there's good examples. And, and the ones who are doing it the very best, the ones who are the greatest fathers out there, they're the ones who are modeling their manhood after the best example of masculinity that, ever, that the world has ever known. And that's Jesus. Jesus was a man with zero identity crisis. He knew who he was. He knew his purpose. And he went after it with a passion. And, and there was nothing holding him back. It was all, and, and, and it, it was all about serving and sacrificing for the good of others. Jesus is the true and perfect man. And, and it's pretty difficult for us to grasp the concept of, of God putting on flesh and becoming a human being. It's, it's hard for us to, to wrap our minds around that, but He did it. And, and he, we have no idea what heaven is like. We have no idea the glory and the grandeur that Jesus came from. That... that he had it all as the ruler of heaven. He had everything that he could... I mean, he made everything just by speaking into an existence. So it's hard to imagine what it's like to not lack anything at all. And he chose to make us. And in order to save us, he chose to put on flesh himself and to come down, to, to give up the, the opulence of heaven and to come down and live with us. And, and, and most importantly... He, was, he, was, he had always been, this is another thing that's hard for us to grasp, he's always been in a perfect relationship with the Father. That he is God, and he's got that connection with God as the Father that, that we can't completely fathom in this world. 
And He chose to, to give it all up to, 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 for our sake to enter a broken world of hardship, of suffering, of death, and, and, the, and the perfect Father sent Him off into a broken world and into a ministry, and these were his words that he sent him off with. This is my dear son. In him I take great delight. And the perfect son became a street preacher and lived off, you know, hand to mouth, whoever would donate to him, and was led by the Holy Spirit and everything that, that he did so that everything he did was the work of the Father. So there was this constant connection with God. I mean, he... He was God, but it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to put our minds around. He was God, and He became a human, and He still had that connection with the Father and through the Holy Spirit, so they were always one, and He's living with that perfect connection, the perfect dad, the perfect son. The Jewish leaders wanted to kill Jesus because He claimed to be equal with God. And His answer to them was, and this is in John 5, um, at verse 19, this is our Scripture for today, when they, they wanted to kill him because he's claiming to be equal with God, he says, I tell you the solemn truth. The Son can do nothing on his own initiative, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he does and will show him greater deeds than these so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and the dead raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to, to whoever He wishes. Furthermore, the Father does not judge anyone, but has assigned all judgment to the Son, so that all people will honor the Son just as they honor the Father. And the one who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. So even though Jesus, as, a, as the man, Jesus, was never technically a human father, never had any kids Himself, he, he is the perfect man to show us how to be like the perfect father because he was doing what the father was telling him to. He says, what I do, the father does. What the father does, I am doing. I'm doing what I'm told to do because I love my father and I'm learning from him and I'm growing from him and I'm doing exactly what I'm called to do. I am like my father, so you be like me and you'll be like the father too. And, and it's that interesting connection. But, so Jesus is the perfect lesson, the perfect one to tell us that this is how you live. The next verse, verse 24 says, I tell you the solemn truth. The one who hears my message and believes the one who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned, but has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the solemn truth. A time is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in Himself, thus He has granted the Son to have life in Himself, and He has granted the Son authority to execute judgment because He is the Son of Man. So that's we should be learning from that relationship as fathers, as men. We should be connected. All dads should be teaching their kids this. As they get up, as they lay down, as when they're coming, when they're going, at every opportunity, we are called to teach our children about God. And, and, and the following the will of God means more than anything else in life because like that last video showed, our life on earth is limited. Like we've been learning these past several weeks with our, the, the treasure principle, we're, we don't have all that much time on the planet. And so we're called to use this time to teach that there is more to life than what you see here. And, and life is really all about 
connecting with God because he's the one who has life. He's the one who gives life. He gave it to the Son, and the Son has passed it on to all those who believe. The next verse, 28, says, Do not be amazed at this, because a time is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out, the ones who have done what is good to, be, to the resurrection resulting in life, and the ones who have done what is evil to the resurrection resulting in condemnation. I can do nothing on my own initiative, just as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And it wasn't like everything was easy. Just because Jesus is the Son of God doesn't mean that he had everything handed to him on a silver platter. He chose the life that he lived. He chose a life of humility, lived by faith under the authority of the Father. He chose to live as a human being to show us this is how you do it. I know you're human. So stop saying I'm only human because you were created in my image. So start living like this. Follow me in everything I do because I follow the Father. You follow me and you'll be doing it perfectly. And, and, and so we're called to live just like Jesus. Hebrews 5 verse 7 says, During his earthly life, Christ offered both requests and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his devotion. So just like we, when we face troubles and trials, when we're dealing with tears, and, and that we can cry out to God, that we can let Him have exactly what we're carrying, whether it's good or bad. And if you're devoted like Jesus, God is going to help you in the exact same way. Although he, in, in verse 8 says, although He was a son, He learned obedience through the things He suffered. So God didn't give Him anything any easier than anybody else. He learned through His suffering, just like we can learn through our suffering. Verse 9 says, And by being perfected in this way, He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey Him. So our, our Jesus is our perfect example. Jesus is the perfect man for us to learn how to be men and how to be fathers. He, he, he could have walked away from the cross at any time He wanted to. He could have walked away from this world and said, I'm done with it. I'm sick of being mocked i'm sick of being persecuted i'm sick of being tortured and he could have just snapped his fingers and walked away and not saved us but he chose to go through with it he chose to put the will of the father above his own above his pain above his suffering above any shame the public mocking the brutal torture and even the death by crucifixion for us he prayed to the Father, not my will, but your will be done. He was willing to put the, the, the Father's will over all the suffering and the shame and anything that He would have to endure. He was determined to give His life for ours. To be willing to sacrifice everything to save us and to build us up and to make us like Him so that we could have a relationship with the Father. And that is the role of any dad to be like Jesus, to be willing to sacrifice yourself, your life, so that your children can have the best, can have a relationship with God, can have the, it's a high call, it's a holy calling, fatherhood, to put your own wants aside in order to offer everything that you can, the very best to your kids, and the very best thing that you can offer to your, to your family, to your wife and to your children, the, the, the best, of course, is a relationship with God. 
Jesus is our advocate, our, our connection, our inside man, so that we can be connected to God and live a fruitful life for the Lord. John 15 starts off like this. says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He takes away every branch that does not bear fruit in me. He prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will bear more fruit. You are clean already because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. And the same way that God prunes us and disciplines us, that he, he he shapes it. If, you, if you're producing fruit as a vine, as one of his children, guess what? He cuts you more so that you can produce more. It's not like you're ever good enough. It's like, I want you to be the best. I want you to be better and better and better. I want to perfect you to absolute perfection. So we're going to grow and we're going to work and we're going to keep disciplining and we're going to keep working at this and you're going to sweat and you're going to go through pains and you're going to go through trials and you're going to go through sufferings and temptations and through every one, I'm going to make you stronger and more fruitful and able to do more and more, and that's the life of a father. That's what we're called to pass on to our sons, to take the challenge of life and go with it, to take the ball and run through the opposition. I mean, we are called as dads to be strong, to be leaders, to be, to be examples, to follow Jesus so that our kids can follow after us in the same way, to follow after Jesus too. And, and so the way that God, the same way that God disciplines and prunes in order to make us stronger to make us more fruitful we're supposed to do the same thing for our kids to train our children to live their lives through the lord and through discipline and through training and through good examples and and through good words this this is not a lesson in gardening that god is showing us this is a lesson in making life worthwhile by living to the the best that we can be by reaching our full potential a fruitful life lived in relationship with god the the next verse five says I am the vine and you are the branches. And the one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit because apart from me you can accomplish nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a branch and dries up and the sun and such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and are burned up. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is honored by this that you bear much fruit and show that you're my disciples. A lot of people claim to, to believe in Jesus or to be a Christian, but the proof is in the life that we live. It comes out, if, if you truly believe it, it comes out in, in the, the relationship that you have and how you interact with the people around you, your coworkers, your family, your friends, your children. And, and at home right now, I'm basically a tyrant. Our, our, our form of government in our household, with my kids at least, is I, I you know, I'm not a tyrant to my wife. I'm, she's the tyrant. But, <laughs> but with my kids, I am a tyrannical ruler in our household because my kids are too young to decide for themselves. And I know that. I know they need someone else to, to make sure that they're taken care of and, and eating right and, and all those things that they need to do. But I don't want it to be that way for long. I want my kids to be capable to take care of themselves. I want them to grow up and to be able to make their own decisions, to make wise decisions and good decisions and to do good things. I want to give them... As they get older, I want to give them more and more freedom on purpose. I want to push them out to do better and to try more and and to choose for themselves as they grow because I want them to be able to be good people all by themselves without me having to tell them what to do. And God wants the same thing for us, to be for us to be able to make good decisions without Him shoving us into it. He wants to train us and teach us and shape us into 
to people just like Jesus so that we can live like Jesus without somebody forcing us into that. And so I want my kids to grow up to be good people because I love them and I want the best for them. And I'm working to shape them into good people who can one day model themselves after God and be good parents to their own children and pass that on to the next generation and the next generation and however long it takes until Jesus comes back to be good kids and to be good people and good men and good women. And, and so that means I need to stay focused. I need to stay connected to God. I need to stay focused on being like Jesus so that, I, so that my kids don't go off track because I go off track. So that they'll have a good role model to follow. The next verse, and still in um, that John, at verse 9 says, Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My commandment is this, to love one another just as I have loved you. No one, greater, no one has greater love than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because the slave does not understand what his master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have revealed to you everything I heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that remains so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. This I command you to love one another. So that's all wrapped up and together. The, the discipline the producing fruit, the, the shaping us into who we're supposed to be, it's all done out of love. And so as we love our children, we pass that down and we shape them and we discipline, we love them because we want them to be full of the same joy that we get from the Lord. And, and so what kind of role model are you for your kids, for your grandkids, nieces, nephews, anybody else that comes around your house, the people that you work with? What kind of role model are you? Obviously, I've been speaking directly to dads because today is Father's Day. But this is a question anybody can ask themselves. What kind of role model are you for the people that are around you, especially the young people, the next generation, the people who are being led astray by all the negative stuff in the media? What kind of role model are you? When young people see my life, how will they be affected? When they hear my words, when they see my actions, when they see how what I teach and what I do and, and what I exemplify what's that going to do to them jesus died to set us free to break us out of slavery to sin and death and to help us to live the lives that we were called to from the beginning and then he said go and make disciples go into the world and teach people to obey my commands to be disciples baptize them into the in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and help them become like Jesus. That's what we're commanded to do. Are you doing this? Fathers, grandfathers, are you modeling this in your own life? To be like Jesus. It's only possible if you know the Father. If you know the Father and have that connection, He fills you up with whatever you need to do. Disconnected from Jesus, you can accomplish nothing. Connected to the vine, the Father will keep filling you up, will keep pruning you, will keep trimming you, will keep disciplining you and shaping your life 
into a better and better man, into a better and better person. And if you want that, if you'd like that, all you need to do is repent and believe. Say, I'm, I'm done with my life my way. And you be like Jesus and you say, I want God's life God's way. And I'm here for you. Your will above mine. I'm setting my will aside from this day forward. I'm going to follow your will, God. I give up my old life. I give up the sin. I'm walking away from it. And I'm trusting in you to help me take every step along the way and to live how you've called me to live. And that's all you got to do. It's simple. Maybe not easy, but it's extremely simple. And the, and the hard part, God will help you. To, he'll, he'll fill you up with all you need to do to take care of it. So even though it's not easy, it's possible. And then you can trade the, the nonsense of this culture and all the negative stereotypes and all the negative images and all the negative messages that everybody's getting these days. You can trade all that for some real manly courage and honor and what fatherhood is supposed to be all about. And that's what I encourage you to do today. And I hope you're willing. And I'd like you to pray for you right now. Let's pray. Lord, we ask for your courage. We ask for you to, to be honorable like you are honorable. To be good like you are good. To live out the life that you've called us to live. To be good fathers and grandfathers and, and neighbors and co-workers. And to be good servant leaders just like you. To be willing to lay our lives down. To serve our families. To serve the people that we work with. To serve... The, our neighbors and our friends, to be good examples for our children and our grandchildren and everyone that we know. Help us to live the life You've called us to live. Help us to be good men, Lord. We ask You, because that's all we can... We can't do it without You. So we ask for Your help. We ask You to clean us, to help us to walk away from any bad stuff that might have been in our lives and help us to live new lives in You. And we thank You for giving it all up to save us, Jesus. And we pray that you'd continue to work to shape us into beings just like you. To be men of God. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.